<laughs> today is going to be a bit unhinged. <laughs> Hello, I am Kenny JD, content creator, nosy bitch, as well as indie musician. What's up, man? It's Sean Peckhouse, the ultimate dot connector. And welcome to Connect the Dots. Connect the Dots is an incredibly special set of conversations where we discuss not only what happens on the court, in the booth, or behind the scenes, but also take an unfiltered look at stardom and culture. You can't learn funny in school. You can learn comedy. I know plenty of people went to school to get a background. We get to know who people are, what drives them, inspires them, motivates them, makes them into fully fleshed out people. A real humanistic look at those you know and love. I'm a comedian. I'll be a professional Shout out to our partner C4 Smart Energy and Prize Picks. Love you all. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another segment of Kenny's Corner, where today we're going to uh, reflect back on our interview with CC Sabathia. Pretty cool interview, right? Yeah, it was one of the first ones we filmed here at Rally. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting to talk to someone who started off his professional sports career so young mm -hmm. because that was the thing that stuck out for me the most because the idea that you're like fresh out of high school, you're like 18, 19 years old, and they're like throwing buckets of money and influence and, and people. And it's like, how do you digest that as a rising star? And it was really interesting to see his reflections on it. Now that he has kids, now that you know he's retired, um, so yeah, it was it was really inspiring. I think one of the cool things that we did too uh, when we were able to talk to CC. Remember at that time, Show Otani hadn't been hadn't redone his like uh, contract, and he got picked up by the Dodgers. And I think that was cool that CC uh, forecasted that one of the teams that would probably be in the league with the Dodgers. So that was pretty cool too, right? To actually have that footage and stuff like that. So we love that. So I always love to hear people from a professional standpoint, from a life standpoint. Um, and it was a really cool conversation. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. Hello. To a great start. <laughs> I am your co-host, Kenny JD, content creator, I guess indie musician, and all around nosy bitch who just likes to know why people are the way they are and how they got where they are. Uh, I love Ken. <laughs> I'm Sean Pecos, I'm co-host, connecting the dots. Sorry for the inappropriate behavior before, but you know, I love Ken. And throughout. Hopefully. And throughout. <laughs> it's, gonna get, it's gonna get crazy. Me and Kenny gonna get crazy. Uh, should we introduce our first guest? Yeah, absolutely. My guy, man, CC Sabathia, 3,000 strikeouts. What else did you do, see? <laughs> man. Huh? Lived a life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Won a World Series. Yeah, yeah. It's my brother. It's kind of weird, man. Kind of like doing this with you. Like an interview, right? I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, like, I forgot about everything you accomplished in 10 seconds. Uh, I know you did this too for a while for a living. Yeah. Uh, as a sort of a retirement job. So, uh, what, you got some pointers for us, man? What should we do, man? Man, just be yourself. You know what I mean? I think that's what, you know, people love, um, you know, hearing from people and just, the regular conversations that they have. I feel like podcasts um, let you into the world of people that you normally wouldn't get to know or understand their story. Yeah, so I guess it's just gonna have to be like us when, when uh, we're just sitting back somewhere talking shit. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. What's up, Kenny? 
So one of the things that I was very curious about, um, being that this is our first episode and kind of connecting the dots, making sense of the of the title, is like we're excited to bring people from completely different walks of life. I'm in the internet space. Pekas is it well in all kinds of spaces, but <laughs> particularly was in the music space. And then you are in sports, or we're in sports, and how all of those things have the central focus of focus, like how we're able to do interesting and great things in uncommon ways. Um, so I'm excited for all of us to like come together and, and share the differences and, and similarities in that. But uh, first, I guess we could learn more about your story, like how, did, how you started uh, in the league, what brought you there, uh, what your motivations were, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, so I got drafted um, out of high school. I was 17. Um, got drafted in the first round by mm. then the Cleveland Indians, now Cleveland Guardians. Um, spent a year and a half in the minor leagues, and, uh, you know, I was in the big leagues. I was uh, probably – not probably. I was the youngest player in the big leagues at the time when I first came up. And How um, old exactly were you? Dude? I was 19. Um, the, ne- <laughs> the following season when I actually pitched, I, I just had just turned 20. Mm. Um, and – you know, it was, it was fun. You know what I mean? I, you know, I had some, some good experience, some bad experience. I went through a lot of different things, but I think the biggest thing for me, um, coming up so young is just having the vets that I had, you know, Mm -hmm. around me, whether it was Ellis Burks or Matt Lawton or Ricky Gutierrez, um, you know, even guys like, you know, Gary Sheffield, um, Daryl Strawberry, these guys were still in the league when I first came up and, were able to help me transition from a kid, really, you know, high school kid to a professional. Um, it's something that you have to learn how to do. And it took me a while, you know, it took me a minute. Um, you know, I was very immature, didn't um, really understand the magnitude of what I was getting myself into. Um, but but luckily, like I said, I had those guys around. And I think that's something that's kind of missing in the league now. Is vets. I feel like mm. um, a lot of the league is just kids raising kids right now. Where, mm. you know, the oldest guy most of the time on the team, you know, have six or seven years in. And when I first came up, it was guys with 15, 20 years in the big leagues. You we know? just so, talked about that. We were watching football the other day at Strange yeah. Pit, right? And we were talking about how, like, there's no real hierarchy anymore. Like, you feel like, where are those guys who could be in the in the clubhouse to be like the role model, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we feel like that a lot of that is just going on around cultures, right? where the kids are just running wild in the street now and all different type of sports. There's no real like person to help these kids. No, and I feel like that's why you get a lot of these kids, whoever it is, in every sport, trying to build brands before, you know, they can really build what they've built on the field. I feel like, Mm. um, I feel like for me, the way I built my brand is by being good on the field. Like make the main thing the main thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're good at what you're good at, then you'll be famous enough to do whatever you want to do off, off the field. Finish so your breakfast, like Jason. yeah, that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> it was always for me. I mean, you know me. I was always yeah. just completely focused on trying to win. It wasn't even focused on my career or what I was trying to accomplish or you know any three thousand strikeouts or any of that stuff. It wasn't it was, like individual. It was literally them. trying to win the World yeah. Series. That yeah. was it. And that was all I was focused on. And yeah, you owe me a ring too for that because you said <laughs> you won the World Series. Go back and give me the ring. You know what I'm saying, Skip. But I feel like I feel like that helped build my brand. You know what I mean? I feel like after retirement, now I'm able to do 
a lot of different things that I want to do, yeah. but because I, I handle everything I need to handle Handy, on the field. Yeah. I think the one thing I know about like spending time with C is, is he's he's really on that. Like he's a professional when it comes to like focusing on one thing, knocking that out, but then sort of like doing everything on the side like that comes with it. I think I think that that that's a real thing. Yeah. Would you say that you think that not to put words in your mouth or to start any chaos? Would would you think that you're seeing like a lack of passion from people who are in the game now? No, I don't like think a it's a lack of, of passion. I think these kids. Um, are very passionate and way more skilled than we ever were because because they they focus only on one sport. Mm. You know, you got basketball players that start playing basketball when they're four or five years old, and that's the only thing they do. So, um, no, I just feel like it's, it's more access to everything now. Mm. You know, I feel like in my era, we grew up, I didn't know what the fuck Michael Jordan was doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. People know what the fuck John Morant and, and LeBron are doing every fucking minute. Every minute, yeah. You know, and, and, and people, you know, kids see that and want to be that. Right. And you mean like outside of the court? Like yeah, outside of the court. Of the court. court. Yeah. You can see like what guys are doing. Wise. Yeah, I had no idea what Michael Jordan was doing when he was off the court. You know, mm -hmm. I could only see him on the court playing basketball or right. maybe with a Mara shot on fucking, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Whatever they had inside the NBA. So now you have so much access to these guys that it makes kids want to be that instead of what the player actually is. Being a winner sense. or achieving the team goal, which is to be a champion. Like, right. like for me, it was all just seeing Michael Jordan dunk and shoot and win. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. if I would have known he was playing golf and doing all this other shit, I probably would have been into that too, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it, it, it changes your perspective when you have a lot of access to these guys. You always felt like that from the beginning or when you went like to the Yankees and, and then like spent some time with like some of the, like, you know, other superstars like Jeter or, or people like that or Andy Pettit who I know you really love. No, I always felt like that from the beginning because I had no idea I was coming to New York. You know, like I, I never wanted to play for the Yankees. So, so no, I didn't. I, I, I like did everything I could not to fucking come here, everything. I was trying everything I could, but cold weather, huh? so for me, it was like I I knew I had to make my mark on the field. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I'm in this small market. I'm in Cleveland. I went to Milwaukee. I, like I said, I was planning on going to the West Coast. Yeah. So I knew that I had to be really great at my craft right. to be able to to be famous off the field, if that makes sense. Because right. it's like no matter where you go, you have to leave your mark regardless. Yeah, and, and the best way to leave your mark is being good great at what, what you, you do. do. <laughs> yeah. Cause I find, I think what I find very interesting, like you were talking about how young you were being thrown into a world like that. And I'm sitting here thinking like, when I was like 18, 19, I wasn't a fucking adult. Like yeah. I'm like I'm theoretically adult. And I was in many ways still very coddled by like, you know, like the college infrastructure. So being thrown into, you know, this fast paced life of, Professional sports, money, attention, yeah. fame. Like I, I just couldn't imagine. No, it's 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 a tough thing, that. especially you know, like I said, I was 17 years old, being from the hood, being from the inner city. Mm. It was like I hit the lottery, you know. Like I'm 17, um, you know, I, I get drafted, and I get 1.3 million dollars just <laughs> just dropped in my lap. You know what I mean? Ooh. Like so, I don't have any financial, you know, like, problems, I don't, like, no, not problems. I don't have any financial, like, literacy. Uh -oh. we, I don't know. We don't know anything. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. me and my mom were literally learning together how to manage all of this, whether it was from family, 
outside influences, all this different stuff. Who do you trust? Yeah, in that exactly. Time? Like it, yeah, it, it was it, it was extremely hard to figure all of that stuff out. My mom uh, is the goat. She was the rock. Like she, we didn't sign with an agent. She did my deal out of high school on her own because she didn't trust nobody. She was like, fuck all these guys. Yeah. Like, I can look in Baseball that's America like and fucking figure out what the, like what your numbers should be. Rich. That's oh, wow. Yeah, so she Dollar was, time. she really kind of like took the bull by the horns and was like, I'm going to- crazy, I never knew that. Yeah, she was like, I'm going to be in control of this as much as I can yeah, yeah, yeah. at the beginning, you know, yeah, so. Yeah, until it got to a certain level. Yeah, but like when I first left home, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm used to playing at high school, so I go home in my uniform, like, my mom watches my clothes after the game. Like, now I'm a professional. I got to figure out, you know, shower shoes, taking a shower after the game. Like, I didn't even know how to, like, wash clothes on my own when I left home. Right. So it was like oh, all wow. those, yeah. It was like I was going to Walmart every three days and buying socks and drawers and shit. Like, it was crazy. So like an old school Cleveland Yeah, drug it was fucked up. <laughs> That's what drug dealers so do. I was, it, I was literally trying to figure all of that stuff out. As a teenager, so oh, wow. yeah, That's I mean, crazy. I mean, you know, my story—I made a lot of mistakes, and you know, did a lot of different things that you know you probably shouldn't do. But um, you know, I'm, I'm here, and I'm better for it. You know what's crazy? Like it's funny because this is weird for me because we do spend a lot of time together. Like, yeah, one of my closest friends and our, our families are tight, and it's probably one of the reasons why I even made the transition from music into sports. And the crazy thing is, because at one time I bought this car and he got in the car and he started making fun of it, right? But I'm like, yo, don't do that because you drive a Rolls Royce. Like, he's not an asshole. But now that I think about it, he's been driving a fucking Rolls Royce since he was like 19 years old. So that's all he doesn't know another life. Yeah. No, it's so crazy. That's what I always story. tell him. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. And he's 41 now? 43. 43. Yeah. And he's so, been driving fucking Rolls Royces since he's 19. Yeah. But he's not a I'm actor. like the exact opposite. <laughs> I'm the exact opposite. I, I made more money and just didn't want a new car. Really? Are you from Detroit? My car is from 2004. Oh. And if it's still moving, I'm still driving it. That's, <laughs> that's my kids. Bothered. That's my oldest. My older two are like really frugal. They're like, they don't spend any money. My oldest son dresses like Adam Sandler every day. Like, <laughs> he's just like fucking like, but my younger two, so my younger two were born when I got this Yankee contract, yeah. and they're fucking. I mean, Cy and Carter <laughs> are expensive it. as hell. Like everything <laughs> they have is fucking high end, <laughs> like very high end. So just, it's it's the contrast in between the two <laughs> the two the big two deals. contracts. <laughs> they all they great kids. I don't know the Detroit. They all great like kids. Like the Detroit in me, just like I can't do it. I just, I just can't do it. Like my friend got in my car and she was like, this is my biggest gripe with you. I need you to do something about this. This is, this <laughs> well, is terrible. What kind of car is it? It's a Dodge Durango. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, it's rusting you know, it's on sturdy, the side. You know what I'm saying? Like, rusting on the side, like 400 million miles I thought you had it. like an 04 Rolls Royce. Oh, I thought you was going <laughs> to say like an my dad's or something. Car. Like, nah, you got to get out the Honda. I just slowed, the Durango I just good. like gently stole it from my dad. Just slowly <laughs> over time. I'm like, can I borrow it? And then just never brought it back for the last like three years. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> so hanging with Peck, CC, Tiafo, and all of these sports legends has really made me get into Prize Picks, the official daily fantasy sponsor of Connect the Dots. Prize Picks is so simple and to be honest, really means more than traditional sports for me. It's it's the esports I absolutely love. As y'all know, I'm a bit of a gamer. So the fact that I can make selections on Call of Duty is pretty awesome. It makes watching the matches so much better. 
and I'm really starting to get into the teams. I'm excited for us to have some WNBA legends, Caitlin, Sabrina, hopefully you're listening so I can make my selection on those games and Peck can take me courtside, perhaps. As a Michigan girl, I even got my friends into making selections on NBA games, but the Pistons, yeah. <laughs> Prize picks for me is about simplicity between the ability to use Apple Pay and easily deposit or the promotions like Taco Tuesday. I have been having so much fun bouncing my selections off Peck. Hit the description for the official link to use code CTD for a first deposit match up to $100. Speaking of kids, how's Lil C doing, man? Well, I can't call him Lil C no more. So he's he's at uh, he's at Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. right? You must be proud as a parent, man, to go and, and see your son who you love and spend a lot of time with and then him, you know, having the passion. Where did you see, like, he started to really take it serious? At what age? Oh, he, I mean, he, you know, he was, he was so serious about the game from day one. Okay. I, like, I never, I never forced e- either one of them, Carter or Carson, to play. Uh-huh. Um, but Carson forced me to <laughs> force him to play. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he was, like, full uniform at three years old. Wow. Indians uniform. When we came to the Yankees, every single day, he came to the game, he'd be in full uniform, in the locker room every day, uh, in the that. parade, after we celebrate, after we won, he was in the celebration. So he's always, his whole life, been a baseball player. Baseball player. I've, I've tried to steer him away. I, I had to play football, <laughs> I had to play basketball. <laughs> but he is, that's his passion. He's a baseball player. And it's a lot of fun to be able to, like, kind of just hang out with him now. You yeah, know, yeah, I yeah. missed a lot of his life, you know, growing up because yeah. I was – at the uh, field and doing playing, my yeah. thing. So a lot of the time that we spent together was at the field, was at the park. And he kind of grew up in a, in a big league clubhouse. So right. to now for me be able to, you know, watch his career and, you know, follow him. And, you know, this summer he played in the NECBL up at Martha's Vineyard. He won the, the MVP of the league. So, oh, yeah. you oh, know, it, so. it's fun to be, I don't like coach him. Like right, he's, right, right. he's so mature. He's so much like his mom and um, so put together that, there's really not much for me to say to him mm-hmm. other than just to be his homie and and guide him if he needs it right. and really just enjoy what he's doing. Like right. being able to go to Martha's Vineyard and hang out, obviously it's a beautiful place, but to like watch my son hit homers and shit. I like know, that's crazy. It that was like, incre- I'm getting chills right now. It was like <laughs> incredible to be able to see him on his journey and like him, like his, his body is starting to pay off in what his mind wants to do. Right. Like he thinks he's Aaron Judge, you yeah. know what I mean? But now <laughs> his body is paying off where he can start hitting balls like Aaron Judge. So it's a lot of fun. Well, you know, we we all, when he comes over from home, um, from like the off season of school, he works out with us when yeah. we go to the gym. Yeah. So once he started getting bigger than me, you know what I mean? <laughs> couldn't call him Lil C no more. And then he was out lifting us already. <laughs> That's gonna be Carter like, in a couple, a couple <laughs> years too. It's yeah, but, uh, but God bless, man, because yeah. I've seen him grow from a, from a boy to a man, I love that. You know, it just makes me feel like a proud of me. How old are your kids? My kids, I have a 20 year old, 18, 18 year old daughter that just turned 18 yesterday. Oh. 15 year old daughter and a 13 year old son. Mm. So two and two. Kids yeah. are surreal. Yeah. Like I, like people are like asking me like, oh, are you like ready to have kids and stuff? I'm like, absolutely not. But <laughs> I love seeing everybody else's kids do beautiful things. so that must be very surreal seeing them uh, without even much pushing or coaxing in that direction to see them kind of want to follow after your footsteps in some ways or or 
maybe even do things that you did a certain way and do it quote unquote better better yeah no i mean it's 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 great like you said like that's perfect because i see them do things that i did but way better Mm -hmm. you know like um maybe miss some hiccups along the way yeah just i mean and that's what it's supposed to be right Mm -hmm. like me and my wife are supposed to have you know try to raise the kids to be better than we were Mm -hmm. um and it, but it, it's it's fun to be able to it was I mean it's hard obviously we had we started having kids twenty years ago shit when we were, I was twenty three years old my wife was twenty two so it was extremely hard um, but now to be able to like go on vacation with them and hang out like it's a vibe it's fun like my fifteen year old <laughs> daughter is a lot of fun to hang out with Saya like oh, yeah, yeah. I just love hanging out we're we're never all together anymore like all six of us because my son's in college and. You know, different shits going on. People were all over the place. My girls dance. Mm-hmm. Um, so their schedules are crazy. So, But when we're all together and just us six, like, it's so much fun and it's just a vibe. So it's it's cool to be able to have that little unit. Mm-hmm. And it's just us in our own little world. We can go wherever. We can be wherever. As long as it's us six, we're going to have fun. All right, one thing that we always had a debate on, you being from Vallejo, uh, California, and me being from the Bronx, New York, was our hip-hop story. Right. <laughs> We'd always used to laugh about when you used to play those West Coast albums. Ah, you don't know nothing about <laughs> And uh, I had worked for Jive at that time, and ironically, I knew Mac Dre and yeah. Spice One and all them, and all those. Uh, uh, what was the other one? JT, the bigger figure. JT, Remember the bigger figure to, was like, big. Really? Yeah. I mean, because uh, I was from New York, and you were from Vallejo, it's, uh, from Bronx, you know, like from Vallejo and from the Bronx. What's crazy is is that music was real important to mm-hmm. me, right? It was something that uh, I think brought us together and become friends because obviously I worked at Def Jam while you were still while you were still playing and it drew us to to each other but who are some of your favorite uh, artists from your area oh man Mac Dre is obviously the goat to me because the stuff he rapped about like I was living the right. streets he rapped about you know I'm riding my bike down those streets like I can go to the corner store and see him and you know the romper room and all them guys so um he is the goat to me he's number one Actually, number two for me is Biggie. Really? You know, I mean, you know how, you know, yeah, yeah. me being a fat kid growing up, like, <laughs> I love fat rappers, like, people I can, like, relate to. So, Biggie was my guy. Heavy D was my guy. Oh, heavy D. But, like, as when I when, when Biggie first came out, I was a teenager. Right. So, like, I'm, you know, right. a, a freshman in high school, and, like, you know, Biggie comes out rapping about being big and fly. That's my guy. You know what I mean? So <laughs> one, of, one of the things you used to do uh, uh, is I hear when you should come, on the road to New York, we used to have come and get all the popular mixtapes. Right? Yeah, my guy Skip. That's so right. uh, my guy Michael Palmer was—he was the first person I met when I got to the Big Leagues. I got yeah. called up to the Big Leagues at my first games at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. He's the first person I meet, and that was back in the day. It was no fucking iTunes, none of that shit. So it was all DJ Clue mixtapes, and you try to find. <laughs> well, the reason why I'm saying this is because Skippy's from the Bronx, man. Yeah. So all the Bronx guys know real hip hop. <laughs> 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 I can't argue that. <laughs> I can't argue that. But like every time I, I had to go to Dr. J's yep. and I had to go fucking get me some mixtapes every single time I came in. For and sure. that was it, right? Yeah. It's so cool because when I had gotten a job, like I always liked West Coast music because, yeah. you know, it's so weird. Like it's like not being happy with what you have, right? Like all athletes want to be rappers. Yeah, rappers yeah, yeah. want to be athletes. More in basketball. No, every, that's everywhere. <laughs> but the funny thing is just like, we were so intrigued by watching the West Coast life from a New York perspective, like watching those old movies, you know what yeah. I mean? 
And, and the Bay Area is completely different from right. anything else on the West Coast. Like, yeah. our sound is different. We dress different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk different. Like, yeah. a lot of us from the Bay Area are from the South. Like, our roots are from the South. Our grandparents came from, you know, Louisiana, yeah. Mississippi, Mississippi, all these different places to help build the bridges out in the Bay Area. So yeah. all of our stuff is, like, really rooted deep, like, South. So, like, Boosie is big in the Bay. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? Okay, like, yeah. Jeezy's big, big in the, in the bay. bay. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. We, we are, we embrace a lot of down South more so than, like, West Coast West rappers. Coast. So, right. we'll, I'll listen to somebody from the South. Like, you know, Jeezy's my, my guy more so than, I hate to say this, more so than Snoop. Right, right, right. Right, but, right. But, you know, the L.A. and, LA, and, right, right, and right. the Bay is two different states, two different basically. States. That's true, yeah. So, it's, I it's, always, it's weird. I notice that whenever you run into somebody who's from the Bay like you are, then y'all start dancing oh, yeah. and talking. Y'all got like your thing. own language and shit. <laughs> it's a whole yeah. thing. It's man. a lot. To me, cities like that are like Baltimore. Yeah. Right? They're like yep. the little cities around Detroit. Detroit, is like that. Detroit is like that. Yep. Yeah, where they have a lot their own of little a league. lot of the Bay and a lot of Vallejo in Detroit is connected. Yeah. yeah like yeah. E forty does a lot of business in in Detroit, Detroit and, that's and right. you know, and goes out there. A lot of people that I know right. from Vallejo go to Because also go out in to Detroit, Detroit, a lot of, maybe in a similar way, a lot of people, black people in particular that got to Detroit are also in some way or another from the, from South, the South, Mississippi, Louisiana. My dad's from Louisiana. Mm -hmm. A lot of people coming from Alabama and stuff like that when they were working in the auto industry. So a lot of that music and all of that influence from Motown and hip hop and everything, it really... It just commingles. Yeah. Beautifully. So, but like, as far as East Coast though, like I never listened to Wu Tang. Really? Like, never listened to Wu Tang. I wasn't like a big Nas guy. Really? Nah. Big nah. E Jay Z. Big E Jay Z. You like me? That's why we we fell in love with each other Jeezy. quick. We like cocaine rap. And then pop. <laughs> 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 like, that's our problem. That's what we call cocaine. I need motherfuckers killing people and shit. <laughs> Shooting, robbing, selling bricks on Sibo, Sibo, the ball head back, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, nah, it's uh, so it, I mean, my my range of music is kind of weird, but I do listen. I did listen to a lot of East Coast rap growing up, which is ironic, but it's because I was from the Bay Area. From the Bay. I always find it interesting, like where music and sports kind of like intersect. Mm -hmm. And like maybe to some degree how that's happened for you, if it's like inspired your style, if it's inspired like how you view the game and drive, like what, or Man, maybe you I, just I listen to it before you go out. <laughs> no, I think, I, I mean, I guess I think anybody like us that grew up in the culture, mm. hip hop has inspired our whole life, right? Mm. Like it's everything we do is inspired by the music. I'm just, like I said, I mean, the stuff Mac Dre was rapping about, I was doing in the streets as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, the big timers in the 2000s, like I said, when I got I got paid, the big rims and all that shit. Like I'm living that shit that they right. rapping, rapping, you know about, what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that our lives mimic the music, or the, the music mimics our lives, you know what I'm saying? Especially, that's why you know we fall in love with the drug dealing, you know what I'm saying, the yeah. Jeezy or whoever else, because that's what we know. That's what we know, yeah. If you're not an athlete, and growing up in the hood, you're probably gonna be trying to make money. You're gonna be doing something illegal. That's how. That's because sucks, those are the only things that's the truth. Yeah. Or that's who we love and glamorize as kids, right? Those are the guys who had the money. In the and crowd. that's why the that's why the music mimics our life, or vice versa. Yeah. We are excited to announce that C4 Smart Energy is the official energy drink sponsor of the Connect the Dots podcast. It's harder than ever these days to stay focused with endless distractions and shorter attention spans. 
it can feel impossible to stop scrolling and actually get work done. Thankfully, C4 Smart Energy has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. C4 Smart Energy is formulated with 200 milligrams of natural caffeine from green coffee beans, plus potassium, niacin, vitamin B12, to help support well-being and help you feel your best, all while boosting metabolism and promoting fat burn. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy is the energy drink that does it all and tastes amazing. C4 Smart Energy is available at Target, Amazon, and anywhere else you get energy drinks. Go grab a can and share on social media tagging C4 Energy and the Connect the Dots podcast to show us how Smart Energy helps you stay focused wherever you are. C4 Smart Energy, stay focused. So uh, back, uh, uh, I think in 2011, maybe? No, maybe 14, 15, we shot a documentary on sneakerheads on shoes. Oh, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty much fun. So we we had this uh, idea. I'm hiding my feet on purpose. <laughs> right, get no you judgment. It's Don't okay. Don't worry about it. We got a lot of shoes. <laughs> so we got shoes out there for you. We're gonna hook you up, Kenny. Uh, but it's so crazy because when we did the documentary, I always knew C had a lot of shoes, right? Mm. And you know, going to his house. The house is so big, you don't really go up to people's bedrooms in, in the African American and Latino. <laughs> you know, you go yeah, to the backyard, yeah, and you know, we yeah. really playing up in people's homes in their bedrooms. So when we had shot the documentary, it was the first time that I had really been in C's bedroom to be like in his closet mm. that his wife, Amber, God bless her, spends most of her time taking care of and getting right. But Kenny, when I tell you, I've never seen so many fly Jordans ever in my entire <laughs> life. I didn't know they existed, if some of these had things. To- Give an approximate number. On oh, pairs of shoes? Yeah. Probably over 3,000. Oh, but, my God. But <laughs> they're all Jordan. So that's why I don't call myself a sneakerhead. Because I don't I don't have anything other than Jordans. But you like a, but you but like 3,000 shoes. shoes. I, I like other shoes, but I don't wear anything other than Jordans. Well, every, but I, I think wear when Jordans you have 3,000 shoes, you could probably call yourself something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God had one of the first ever like shoe deals with Jordan. So yeah, out of so I've been with Jordan yeah. since 2007. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any sneaker that's came out since 2007 is like been through my closet. Okay, so another question though. If you had to list like your, okay, I'll make it easy. Top three. Mm. What comes to mind first? Man, you know what? Like the, whenever I go to shoes right now, it's Travis Scott. Just low, like low ones is what I pretty much wear every single day, just different colors. But if it's like a go-to something, like anytime, my wife is like, damn, you gonna wear those again? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> the brown ones, the blue ones, the green ones, like he's got, he's he's got it, he's got it dialed in right now. Now, nah, Kenny, your boy got some joints. I was like, I never even knew they made them. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. And then I can't even side swipe him for him because he's a 15. I'm a, I'm a 13, 14, depending on, the, on on if it's raining or not that Man. day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's a, uh, yeah, so I don't call, I don't, I don't consider myself a real sneakerhead just because I feel like it's cheating. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's definitely cheating. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether or not there's so many of a, of a different, like, sneaker companies. Jordan has really run that line yeah. for a very long time, yeah. like 85%. Oh, man, this, and it's a blessing just to be able to be a part of that. Brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, every couple of months, you know, you get brand new Jordans. Like, yeah. 
I remember my very first pair of Jordans, like being 17, 16 years old. I was a junior in high school and I begged my mom to get me the, the 12s. Right. It was the white and red ones, like with the little uh, the thing over the toe. Over the toe, yeah. We went to Conquer Mall, I'll never forget. I skipped school, went to Conquer Mall, paid $145 <laughs> for them. And I wore them in the basketball game that night. You like, did? Yeah, I mean. So a lot but, of people don't know, wait, is basketball or football was your first passion? Well, football, I was better at. Okay. Football, I was I was way better at football than any other sport. Okay. Um, I just, I didn't, I, I, baseball was just easier for me to play. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, whenever, like, I get on the baseball field, it was just like, this is so natural. Yeah. Like, football had to work my ass off. I loved working at it. Yeah. Because I knew I, I could be good at it. Right. But I, I was, it was just, baseball was just like, damn, this is like so easy for me to do. Right. And it made me make that decision. But I was a better football player. And I played basketball all the way through. I played basketball because we had a really good team. Okay. I was, uh, I was like the shit talker, rebounder, you know, <laughs> like out there bruising people. Like, um, but our basketball team was really good. We played together for a long time. Who were some of uh, the guys you played in that went pro, like in basketball? Brandon Armstrong okay. uh, was a first round pick for uh, the Nets. Right. I think in 2002, three, maybe. Uh -huh. um, our center was seven foot. He played at Georgetown. Okay. Um, our three was six, six. He played at Gonzaga. Dang. Our two was he was six five, and he played at he was a cornerback at at Arizona State. Yeah, and then our point guard was a six foot uh, guy that went to Cal, and then I was the uh, the power forward. At what at what height at that age? I was the same height. Damn, I was this height. Crew. Yeah, <laughs> I was this height at, at seventeen. That's 16. crazy. <laughs> Wow. So it was Imagine crazy. having to go up against them big boys. You <laughs> yeah, we had there. seven footer in high school. Crazy. My God. Bro, I didn't yeah. even know there was seven footers in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Man, speaking of shoes, did you know these were the first shoes Michael Jordan ever wore? Nah, I seen them coming in. That, they, that's why his feet always hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like MJ and LeBron are the only two players that can play in their shoe. In their shoe. You know, like LeBron's yeah. shoe is so fucking heavy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Heavy. He's the only guy that can play in his shoe. And like MJ, the same thing. Like, Well, the good thing is I only did was rock their shoes. I didn't even play too I mean, even though you don't have 27 softball champions. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Next week it turned 36, right? See? If you um, had to make your own shoe, like design your own shoe right now, what do you think you would do? It would probably be similar to this Jordan low top one. It would probably be a low um, something uh, like Air Max style maybe. I don't know. I mean, it'd be a cross between an Air Max 95 and this Jordan one. I don't know how that would look. <laughs> <laughs> but those are my two favorite shoes. Design professionals. If now CeCe's the one that got me now with – if you see us most of the time, we got Crocs on. Yeah. <laughs> Crocs are Uggs. Crocs yeah. are Uggs. The Leahy Crocs, right? Yep. You got me in Bob bought like every color. I got I every color. <laughs> I still get shit from Ronnie and everybody. Like, you're wearing Crocs. I'm like, yeah, bro. This is the most comfortable shoe ever. ever. I'm this close to being converted. I've been fighting the urge to get Crocs. Yeah. Because oh, nah. I feel like I won't wear other shoes. At you won't. Point. Oh, no, you won't. <laughs> nah, unless you got to go somewhere and get fly. You won't. Trust me when I say <laughs> I feel like they should have fly Crocs. Crocs with a heel. They probably do. They probably do. <laughs> they probably do. So, um we wanted to talk about some wild New York stories though. Okay. As a as a, as the resident uh Detroiter, 
who's only been to New York, you know, short times. Um, I wanted to know what is like just a day to day in New York. What is a wild story you have? Man. Overwhelmed with <laughs> memories of Nah, it's it's not like it's crazy because it's not like it's just like our life. You right. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not like crazy stories. It's just shit that happens. Like you show up to a Knicks game and it's like Tracy Morgan is there and Dave Chappelle and like the, the was it the playoff game we went to? We went to the playoff game. And we, the and we in round. the back and Dave Chappelle's telling stories and fucking Fat Joe. Oh, yeah. It's like it's just like only that type of shit can happen in New York. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like and those happen those nights happen all the time, especially with Peck. He's America's guest. Like this motherfucker, <laughs> like he knows everybody. Like Most he's literally that's just be the name of this podcast, America's, America's guest. guest. <laughs> uh, so he knows everyone and it connects everybody. So whenever you're with him and you're out, you're gonna have a New York night. So the crazy thing about New York, he's right. Like, right, we can go during the day, go work out, right? And then go to the office. After that, yo, we meet up. Go to the game. So I'll like go to his office, Major League Baseball. He'll come to my office. But even yeah. like even us going to work out, it could be like Dylan Batanta's there or mm-hmm. Chapman or Action Bronson. Like, but it's just a normal day for us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like a And people would look at us like, what are you talking about? That's a normal day. Yeah. And yeah. Like that. And he's right. We'll go then we'll go to the Nick game. Like he said, I I I didn't realize when we were leaving that game, all I did was say, Hey, everybody turn around. And I, I got the picture. And I took a picture, and he's right. It was Fat Joe and and Dave Chappelle talking shit to each other about a situation. Then it was you and I, uh, the guy from The Wire. Yeah, and yeah. And then Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba was there. And it was just like all these That's stars. an interesting and and it, it, It's New York, <laughs> though. It's New York. Yeah. And then you go to dinner, and you go to a back room or private room, and you run into just a bunch of more like New York stars, right? Mm. Or superstars, and then we'll just start having these conversations. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, I remember one one uh, night we were at Carbone's, and like, well, I'm looking around, and like, the, the place is empty. All of a sudden, it's just our table, and then here comes Kanye and Kim. Yeah. Just walk, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. just random shit like that, random like, shit. that happens, like, but I can't tell you just one story, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. That type of shit can happen tonight if we go to dinner or something. So it's, <laughs> and then it's, somebody it's crazy. come in with an iPod, start playing music, and before you know it, you got like Kanye DJing, and yeah. this one is here and that the one. The night and say less. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, say less. He played his whole album, uh, and then two chains on was there. It's just wild. It's like New York is like that. Whatever world you're in, you'll see like the biggest superstars just mingling with people. To us, it's like regular shit, mm-hmm. right? I like how humanizing that is, weirdly. I know. And and that's what I love about this place is that like I can walk down the street right now and people will see me and they know it's me, but they don't give a fuck. They They got somewhere to go. (laughs) They got shit to do too. Yeah, like they're busy. Like it's fucking New York. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have time to fucking stop and take a picture. I say, CC, what's up? And that's what I love about it. Like everybody's doing their own thing. I love that energy. You can find your own little lane in in every you know in that world. So it's great. Because I always wonder like. When someone becomes like a traditional celebrity, like where do they feel most comfortable? And what I mean by that is like in New York, for instance, people are used to seeing celebrities all the time. So I would imagine in some way that's very comforting knowing that no one's going to necessarily be like, ah, at you. So like, do you find that New York is different than say, West Coast when you're out there? Yeah, like I said, like people in New York won't freak out 
but being a Yankee, people everywhere else, like, yeah, you know, like, will stop you or so. I guess you feel more most comfortable in the city that you're from, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not from here, but I'm you know, I've taken to the city, and the city is taken to me. So, one thing I can say though, like traveling and going a lot of places, but see, he does get love on like a national level. Like people genuinely love him. Like, oh, right, they're like, yo, see, I miss you, yo. Baseball, like, yo, you're real. Even amongst like outside of Yankee fans. Mm. Uh, funny story: me and C went to a, a, a playoff football game. And I'm a big Giants fan. He's a big Oakland Raiders fan. Uh, and the game was in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. I look like I got the whole Giants uniform on. <laughs> and I don't know if you know about Philadelphia fans. They're no joke. No That's joke. Serious fan. No joke. And me and C, so, you know, and, and even with, like, the Phillies and, and, uh, and Yankees, Phillies, Yankees, right? Yeah. Big rivalry. Man, when I tell you, we, we love to tailgate. We love to eat. I love to drink beers. So he loves to just I chill. love the tailgate. We love tell, tailgate. Right? It's like a, a pastime for mm. us. We do it all the time. And the crazy thing about it is that we tailgated for almost two and a half, three hours yeah. before the game in Philadelphia. Mm. So if you don't know, like if you're a Giants and Phillies fan, like this is forgotten, like, I mean, forbidden fruit. Like, don't do it. We did it. But, you know, she's big and I'm a big guy. But by the way, people were cursing at us and treating us. But <laughs> nobody ever said one thing like, like F you, you effing Yankee. Or no, that. no, no. It was more about your man, the asshole with the whole giant. Yeah, and, and I knew like I, I wasn't gonna wear like eagle shit, but I wore a green fucking yeah, Gucci jacket. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm like I'm not, suit on. I'm not fucking with these people. I, I know, I already know, because I played in Philly. I know what the like the, how the, how these people are. I'm not fucking around. I yeah. wore my green jacket, <laughs> and he had on all this giant shit. And people like they killed us. Yo, it but it went all the way from the fans, uh, Kenny, that we were tailgating, up into the people who took the ticket. The ticket like lady. The, the lady was like, it's, ticket, not "It's not working. You It's not working." She goes, "It's not." He working. was like, "Man, you're gonna make me miss kickoff. Like I've never seen him. Like he was distraught. He was like, "Ma'am, can Yo, you please just leave me alone?" Like, at every check-in, by yeah, the way, too. Yeah. And then they're like. They're like, well, your ticket works now, but you got the wrong colors on. Like, Damn, <laughs> man, that was crazy. Yes. Want to see you sweat? Yeah, want to. <laughs> so, where you think Showtani's going? See, what's gonna happen, man? Man, I honestly don't know. Um, I think he's still gonna get paid. Somebody's gonna pay him. I don't know if it's gonna be the Dodgers, Giants, Mets, whoever, maybe Yankees. Um, but he had surgery. Uh, we sitting here on Thursday. Mm-hmm. He had surgery on Wednesday. Um, September 21st, so, and he didn't have the full Tommy John. He just had the the elbow brace, uh-huh. kind of, so it's not the same injury he had, um, you know, a couple years ago. So I think he'll be able to come back and, and pitch and still make an impact. If it's me, I would, you know, if I'm advising him, I would have him hit just all next year mm-hmm. and, you know, come back and pitch in 25. Mm-hmm. But – it really depends on like what what he values. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if he thinks he can still pitch, um, I feel like San Francisco could be a good place for him because it's the big part. Right. If he feels like his pitching career may be at the you know at the back end, right. then he wouldn't want to go to San Francisco because it's a, it's not hitter friendly. Hitter friendly. You yeah. know, so he has decisions to make based on what he thinks his legacy is going to be best at. You right, know what right, I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Um, so. You know, those are all things that he's got. He has to weigh in on. on yeah. But if it's me, if I, if like if I if I had to pick, I would I would say the Giants because their roster is perfect 
they win 198, 95 to 100 games with basically no superstars. Right. So if you add him to that roster, um, you know, he could DH for you, he can pitch for you, do whatever he needs to do, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really disrupt your roster or your makeup or what you have going on. In your, I guess, lifetime or professional lifetime, have you ever seen a player like that? He's the best player to ever play baseball. It's not even, and it's not even like close. I hate that they compare him to Babe Ruth or whoever else, because at that time it wasn't the the you know we weren't playing right. the game of baseball at that time. It was a whole separate league, league yeah. of of really good talented players right. that were playing at the same time as Babe Ruth was playing. So right. this guy is playing at the best at the time when the players are the best that they've ever been. They've thrown the hardest. They run in. They hitting the ball as far as they have, they've right. ever hit it. <laughs> And he's the fucking best player. Right. He's the best player to play baseball. Wow, that's crazy. I love him. I think the kid's amazing. I love to watch him play. I think he brings a, a whole different, like, culture to baseball. You know what I mean? I love it. Showtime. Showtime. Okay, so we have cool clips. Particularly, we have somehow gone into the archives and found <laughs> your high school. Well, I ain't that old, so I mean <laughs> It probably ain't in HD, but like. It's like 360p. My eyes can't quite focus on it. Um, so we have your high school. VHS in between some old school porn tapes. <laughs> we have what's left that isn't taped over. Um, and uh, we have a clip of you doing a home run in high school. And we want to get your reaction to it. Right. Any thoughts, maybe something that was going on For around sure. it. For sure. So, actually, can I? You need help? Let's go. Wow. This is my sophomore year of high school. Sophomore? Bro, look how big I am now. I know. I was like, wow. Oh. So that was against uh, this this school. That's my cousin right there. He's playing the big league. Ooh. Joe Thurston. And I I, I remember he, I'm like, why are you running so fast, bro? I hit that ball. <laughs> Where are you going? Yo, see, look at you, man. Yeah. Wow. 15 years old. That's how Carson tries to be. Right? The home that was, a, no that was against no a big school in uh, Sacramento called uh, Elk Grove. Oh, wow. So that was a big, that was a huge game. There was a lot of people at that game. That was my sophomore year. over them little kids, bro. Yeah. You know what's crazy about, like, that team uh -huh. or, like, the, my high school team is that when I was 12, it was the same nine guys. Like, we, were the, we played together from the time we were 12 all the way through high school. Oh wow! So it was the same group of guys same. while we were so good. Oh, that's so cool. <clears throat> but yeah, that's my that's my sophomore year, and yeah, my cousin Joe Thurston is running the bases. Did some of you guys did they play basketball with you too? Like y'all uh, guys all played? I was the, it was only me and another guy that played all three sports. Uh -huh. But it was it was guys that played football and baseball, right, right, right. basketball and football. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was me and this guy Jerry Bowling. I were the only two that played all three. You look like Danny Almonte when he said <laughs> That's a real thing, by the way. My mom, my mom used to travel with my, my birth certificate. Oh, yeah? Yeah, when we were playing in the tournament, I think I was nine years old. Uh -huh. And some lady was at the concession stand talking about the, the big kid on the Vallejo team. Oh, yeah. And my mom overheard her. Oh. And broke the lady's nose. I know, yo, because mom don't play. I, broke the, way, the lady's I, I, nose. I, I, I she was, broke the lady's nose. I got chills before you even said that. Because I know mom don't play that. She broke the lady's nose. Wow. At the, in the line of concession stand. Listen to me. I, my hair is <laughs> Because I know Cece's mom. Yeah, mom, don't mom play. didn't play. Even before I mean, I could already said, tell by how she yeah. took initiative over when you started 
playing professionally. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. You got to be scary a little bit. Wow, that's <laughs> All right. Yo, C, so we're going to do, we're going to go through, I want to get your reaction about uh, Ajita's last hit at Yankee Stadium uh, to, for the winning, for the, to win the game. The crazy thing is, I think the game before this, I went with Sean Riley to to the Yankee game where he hit the home run. Mm -hmm. So I figured like that was I saw Jeter was that was it. Nothing was gonna be bigger than that. <laughs> so obviously Juan and Jay and Kai is calling. They're like, "Yo, you want to come to the game?" So I was with uh, Karen having dinner and Sean Riley. So I was like, "Nah, man, I saw him hit his home run already. It's not gonna get better, better than that." You know what I mean? So I turned them down. I said, "At first, I look at, at Karen. I'm like, do you mind if I go?' She's like, "Really? You went yesterday?" So it was like <laughs> around her birthday or something like that. So I said, "All right, all right, I'm gonna chill." So this is what happened. What I missed. <laughs> this is what you missed. And let me see how you your feeling on that is. Yeah, nah, it was crazy. I was hurt all year, all this year. So oh, I got man. hurt in like uh, beginning of May. Mm -hmm. I got hurt actually on Mother's Day. We were in Milwaukee and that was the last game I pitched. Mm -hmm. um, so I was gone all summer. I hadn't been around. You know, he was doing his whole tour mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. he was mad at me because I was the one that told him that he had to do the tour. Like he didn't want to announce that he was going to retire. Right. I'm like, you have to fucking announce that you're going to retire <laughs> so they can do like the whole yeah, tour. Yeah, the and tour. And, and, you know, yeah, he yeah. was pissed. He was mad because it like took a lot out of him, you know really? what I'm saying? Yeah. And this was a crazy moment. What's crazy about this is, if he don't score, it's just me and Jeet out on the field. Cause I had already, as soon as he hit the ball, I had already jumped the fence. Oh, you did? Like I was, <laughs> I was the first person out there. So that's why I was the one that was the first one to give my hug. Uh, but like, uh, if, if Marquez throws out Ant Antoine Richardson, uh -huh. it's just me and Jeet standing on the field. Like By what yourself? the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> but that was crazy. I was fresh off a of knee surgery. And I ran out there and I came back in. The training was like, well, I guess you're feeling pretty good. Huh? <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty fucking good. Man, that. But yeah, no, nah, I mean, that, it, I mean, it wouldn't end. If, if they did a movie about Derek Jeter's life and it ended like that, I'd be like, fuck this movie. Right. <laughs> I'm not watching this shit. It ain't no way it ends like that. And it's fucking, and it that's fucking like Derek that. Jeter. That's who he is, huh? It's crazy. Captain, man. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Yeah. So. Our uh, our partner here is C4 Energy, um, and one of the things that we wanted to do is question, like, what brings you energy? What keeps you focused, um, both when you were on the field and now that you've retired and you're doing different endeavors now? So, like, what is focused to you, and how do you keep it? What kept me focused as a player was trying to win. Mm -hmm. I was literally singularly focused on fucking winning to the point where it'd be nights where like we would have scheduled to go out to dinner or whatever. And if I didn't pitch well, like I'm not going, you know, like, or if, you know, the way that the season ended, if the season didn't end the way I thought it should end, I would be in the house for the whole off season. You know what I mean? Like, so I, my focus was just on winning that on the field. Um, now I feel like my focus and what gives me energy is my family. Um, you know, trying to, you know, blaze a better path for them um being around for them um you know wanting to be healthier so i can live a fuller life so i can you know watch my grandkids grow up um you know my father passed away at 47 years old so i want to be able to you know be here and be in my kids life um you know past that so i think that's what gives me focus and energy right now is just my family and trying to be a better man for them 
Do you find that after you stopped playing that there was a tendency to want to do something more competitive just wasn't sports? Or something no, feel that kind I'm, of- I'm, I'm done, like, being competitive. Like, I, I, I was <laughs> so, um, like, I would fight you to win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, like, I would literally fucking fight you to win. And I don't ever want to get back to that point anymore. Like, <laughs> when I get mad at golf, like, I'll just fucking, I'll, I'll be done. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't let golf get me that mad. Like, I don't do anything that gets me to the level of where I was in competition when I pitched. So I'm like I'm like comped out because you got to think about it. Like when I was I started playing baseball when I was four years old. So anytime there was a big game, a big All Star game, big championship game, or anything, I'm the one that's pitching the game from the time I'm nine years old to the time I'm forty years old. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. So that's a long time to be. That's like identity. That yeah. that's yeah, and so I wouldn't let it be my identity though. You know, um, but it, it is who you are which is crazy. <laughs> so we're going to finish out with a quick segment. We're going to call it, what's your goat? We're going to ask, what is your greatest of all time of various uh, topics? So cool. speed run. Movie. Let's start with basketball first. Okay, basketball. Michael Jordan. Right. Let's get that out the fucking that's, way. That's, that's easy. <laughs> Check that box over Let's quick. get that out the fucking way right now. <laughs> Movie. Harlem Nights. Okay. Ooh. Sneaker. Jordan one, no Jordan eleven. I'm sorry, Concord. You pitched in those a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Love Rapper. Mac Dre. Okay. Baseball player. Barry Bonds. Okay. TV show. Dang. The Wire. Mm. The Wire. One, the Wire is my probably the best TV show of all time. Now we got to find out because we had I had this experience the other day when we talked about it. Who was your all-time favorite player on the Oakland Raiders? Uh, Barry, uh, Barry, Bo Jackson, my all-time favorite athlete. Um, I was a multi-sport athlete because of Bo Jackson. You know, oh, okay. being able to see him play baseball and football um, in the MLB and the NFL. I mean, I was a huge uh, primetime fan, Deion Sanders, but Bo Jackson played for the Raiders. Um, so he was more my guy. So I, I have a tattoo of Bo Jackson on my leg too. Oh, yeah. But he was my favorite player, yeah. It's on your outer leg, right? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a safe spot. <laughs> All right, well, you're my GOAT. I appreciate you, I appreciate my brother. You. I love you. Thank you for, you know, being our first guest and for being my brother and for always being there for me. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks love. For love. Coming. All right. Of course. Thank awesome you. Awesome having you. Good. Thanks. Thanks.